0: Uh, If you open your Bibles to Philippians 2. And uh, we'll read from verses 1 down to 8. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love? any fellowship together in the spirit, are your hearts tender and compassionate. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Uh, Bill was a small-time businessman who found himself in the Qantas Lounge at the Tullamarine Airport, and he had a client coming that was looking to close out this fantastic deal that would see him go up another notch on the corporate ladder. And um, at the corner of his eye, uh, he saw Kerry Packer. So it was a number of years ago before he passed away, obviously. It would be scary otherwise. (laughs) Um, And so he wandered over to Kerry Packer and he said, Mr. Packer, if you don't mind, I've got a client coming. I'm trying to close out this business deal. It would look fantastic for me if you could just wander over and say, "Hey, Bill, how are you going?" It'd be fantastic. And so Kerry agreed, and uh, Bill wandered back, and the bloke arrived, and they're talking business. Uh, Miss Kerry Packer wanders past and says, "Bill, how are you going?" He says, "Take a hike, Kerry. Can't you see I'm busy?" <laughs> it's a you know, typical attitude of the world to, to get one up on everyone else and the attitude of the world is, is, is selfish and it's, um, it's self-centred and it's an attitude which is all about me and what's my interests and what's in it for me. But this morning what we will see is that the core of a godly person is a humble attitude. If God is Lord of your life and you come here this morning saying, I desire to live for God and my life is for Him and that He is in control of my mind and my thoughts and my decisions and my actions and I've surrendered myself to Him, the reason for living is I live for Him, then really at the core of who you are should be an attitude of humility. And we're going to understand a bit more about what is humility. There's a number of things that humility is not. Um, when Rachel was younger, um, now she told me the story, so it has to be true. Um, apparently, Stuart was praying for humility for Rachel. Um, I'm not sure why. She's a very humble person. Um, now, Rachel thought humility was to be humiliated. <laughs> so, she wasn't too happy that Stuart was praying for humility. But Now, I hope Rachel. Understanding of humility has changed, or hopefully after this morning it has. (laughs) But humility is not a person unable to receive encouragement. You know, we know that encouragement is important. We're instructed in the New Testament to encourage each other and build each other up. And so, humility is not about not being able to take on board encouragement, not to be encouraged. It's not about degrading one's self-esteem or worth, um, and it's not about you're degrading others or me being not feeling like i 'm valued at all, and it 's not a negative attitude it's important to understand it 's not a negative attitude, and it 's not an attitude that is me focused. but what humility actually is, and we 'll see from this passage is first of all it 's god focused and in romans twelve two some verses we 've looked at recently here. It says there to let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. So, humility is at first a way of thinking. Uh, You often hear that you are what you eat. Well, this morning I'd like to say you are what you think. Our actions and our life is generally a consequence of our thoughts and our thought patterns. If you're lucky enough to be involved in Lee and Mary's, uh Bible study, which we are, um, since coming back here to Monty, um, one thing you'll always get is a great spread at their place and uh, especially always a plate of chocolate biscuits and Chrissy's agreeing because he's always there. And now no pressure Lee, to have them this week but <laughs> they are, it always, it's always there. Now... Rachel has made some very thoughtful and decisive decisions that she is going to you know, be very careful of what she eats and especially after two kids and me, not so much. <laughs> and I, I um, really, I probably don't hesitate too much in, uh, in my actions when I'm at the minor hands in having a cup of tea and a couple of chocolate biscuits. Fantastic. Rachel, on the other hand, now she puts a lot more thought into what she's going to eat for the day and how she goes about it and, she finds it a lot easier than I do, probably, to pass the plate along. But what we, my point is, what we um, are constantly filling our minds with, and what we let control our minds, you will see in your life and and, and in others that that is what you will. That's what the uh, sorry. That is um, going to impact on their lifestyle from what is controlling their mind. humility will not be generally evident in your life unless it is genuine in your mind. So, we need to let God, as Romans 12 says, let God change your mind in order to change your life. Because the life that Christ has called us to and the attitude that Christ wants to be true of us is not an attitude and a lifestyle which comes naturally to us. No one naturally lives out the life God has called us to. No one naturally portrays the character of Christ, the character of God. No one naturally has an attitude of humility. It's something that God does. It's something that God does to you and to me when we surrender ourselves to him. When I allow God to, to control my mind, when I allow God to change the way that I think and change the way that I live. Humility is God-focused and others-focused. In verse 3 it says, in the halfway through verse 3 it says, be humble, thinking, the very first word, thinking. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. And through the Greek translation, it also gives the impression with more value. You know, the average person has about 4,000 thoughts per day and if you narrow that down, it's about uh, three per minute I've got here. Now, obviously, you have maybe less thoughts in your sleep. Not sure about you, but less thoughts in your sleep. I'm saying maybe roughly about one thought every 15 seconds. Now, that's for the average person. I'm sure here there's a few more, uh, there's a few people that are a bit above average. Now, I can see a few people sitting up a bit straighter. So, you might have a few more than 4,000 thoughts. I'm not sure what your average is. But for an average person, there's a thought about every 15 seconds. You know, and I was thinking about that and um, there's some things we do which doesn't take much thinking. Most of the stuff on TV doesn't take much thinking so there must be stages throughout the day where we're doing a lot of thinking but in those, in those stages and throughout the day and throughout the week with all those thoughts running through our minds just how much are we thinking about other people? How much value are we placing on other people? How much time are we spending thinking about others Because I don't have to tell you to think about yourselves. Don't have to be encouraged this morning to say, make sure you think about yourself during the week and put a bit of priority on yourself. It's something that comes naturally. But how much time and thought goes into thinking and giving value to others? He goes on in verse 4. says, Don't look out only for your own interests but take an interest in others too. And taking an interest uh, as well, as we translate, that can also mean to pay careful attention to or to notice. Um, a, n- a number of weeks ago um, I was down here just talking to a couple of people and you know, I was um, out of the corner of my eye, I just noticed somebody sitting alone that I hadn't introduced myself to before, I didn't know. And just as I was talking it was just on my heart to go and speak with this person, introduce myself and say hello and get to know this person perhaps a bit better and I was talking away and talking away and a couple of minutes had passed and before I knew it I just wandered out the door and had gotten into the car and gone home and i'd gotten home and and just this guilt came over me that i'd given up an opportunity to look out for someone else and take an interest in someone and i had to come before the lord and you know and bring that to him because we do it so easily and i know that i can do it so quickly and easily just see a need or, or take notice of someone but not actually do anything about it. And Here we're encouraged to take notice of people, to see needs in people and there might be more than 150 here but just for the sake of the point, I thought if there was 150 people here valuing each other and taking an interest in each other. What a fantastic place to be and I'm not saying it's not that and it is a fantastic place to be. It's not necessarily just a criticism of people here. It's not that at all but just a reminder and an encouragement this morning that this is the attitude of Christ and this is the attitude that God wants to be true of us With an attitude of humility, you'll see a response of unity. In verse 1, it says, there, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Uh, humility is the key to unity. If we're going to be a church that is of one body then we need to have humility as an attitude of our lives. At the heart of division in churches you will always find selfish people and selfish attitudes. Continually we see through the New Testament in Ephesians and, and one Peter and Colossians here I' put down a few, there are reminders about being humble and clothing yourselves in humility and keeping humble attitudes. And, and the result of that, that we would be united with Christ, that would be united in spirit, would be of one mind that would be of one body and one purpose. And in Philippians 2, three, it's Paul's point is that we need to be thinking the same as we serve God together and fulfil our purpose as a church because unity is what will shine in this community in Montmorency and that sort of attitude will attract people to this sort of place because it's different to what is out there. And not only that, unity, uh, humility will cultivate unity within the church. And we come to these amazing verses in verse 6 to 8, are uh, very well known. And it speaks of Jesus as our example. In verse 6, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Jesus is God. Very easy to say but just try to get your head around it, that Jesus is God. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, that is Christ, In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everyone that was created, everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. There is nothing true of God that is not true of Jesus. Who Jesus is and who we see Jesus as, portrayed here on earth is, is a representation of who God is and in the, before the beginning, in the beginning when, Christ, when Adam and Eve were created it was only done through Jesus Christ and Jesus, an eternal being, is God and you can't separate God from Jesus, they are one and that is something from heaven that Jesus didn't wrestle with. It is something that Jesus didn't cling onto to say no no not down to earth oh look what I've got up here Jesus being God didn't wrestle with the fact or cling on to the fact that he is God instead it says in verse 7 he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being and he be- so he became flesh. He became like you and me. Jesus did. Jesus who is God became like us into our body, into our time, restricted to where he is and feeling the physical pain that we can feel the emotional pain, the spiritual pain, being separated from the Father on the cross. Mm -hmm. And in that position, he appeared in human form and humbled himself in obedience to God and died on a cross. Jesus Christ thought of you and valued you that he gave his life. I I thought about that for, I think, a day. That Jesus Christ thought of Josh Davies and valued me so much that he gave his life for me. He took such an interest in your life and my life that he went to the cross. He noticed something in your life and in my life that he came from heaven, Jesus who was God and went to the cross and died. He noticed that there was something that we could never do for ourselves but he could do and so Jesus died on a cross and made a way for us to be made right with God. God could look at me, a sinner, and see perfectness because of what Jesus has done, something I could never do for myself. Jesus died for the penalty for my sin and your sin this morning. He died and he rose again so that we can have a relationship with God and that we can be made right with God and we can spend eternity with God. After this short time on here is finished, it might be 50 years, it might be 30 years, it might be 70, 80 years. It's not long really in the span of time but he did something for you that you cannot do for yourself. He made a way for eternity for you to be made in heaven with God. He humbled himself and died on a cross. Jesus gave everything. Because of his humble attitude, he gave everything for you. He valued you. He took interest in you and he gave everything for you. So, this morning... Will you give everything to him? Because what is asked of us in the New Testament, in the Bible, not just in the whole Bible, not just the New Testament, is that we come by faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. We come by faith and simply believe in what Jesus has done for us that we could not do ourselves. And if we believe in faith, we will be saved, made right with God and our eternal destination secure in heaven. This morning, will you believe by faith? Have you come to a position in your life where you realise you need a saviour? Will you believe by faith in Jesus this morning? Perhaps this morning you have done that You've made the decision to follow Christ. But you haven't understood really Romans 12.2 and what it's trying to tell us. The, The whole point of being saved is that God would change us, that we don't live the life that we used to live but we live a new life, a life that I can't do but a life that Christ does through me. When I surrender myself to him that he changes here and that will affect the way that I live and the things that I do and maybe this morning you're sitting here because you haven't surrendered yourself to Christ or you need to come this morning and say I need to hand things over to Christ because the life I'm living now isn't what he wants me to live the attitude that I have in my life isn't the attitude I know God wants me to have and live by it's not a complicated thing but it's a hard thing it's not easy to come to him and say God here I am, use me consistently I want to give myself to you day by day that you would change me and make me into the person that you want me to be Will you give everything, everything to him who gave everything for you? That is a challenge, it's a challenge for myself and this morning I've just asked the musicians to play through a song and just as a time to reflect and to think about these things. Um, They're life changing things and they're things decisions and things that will change where you spend eternity. And if God has challenged you in a way this morning that you want to respond, then I just encourage you that throughout this song or perhaps after the service, when you feel comfortable, please, you know, there'll be a couple of us down here and would love to pray with you, talk to you or listen to you. But if you've been challenged this morning by, by God, then I encourage you not to leave this place without talking to someone and, and make this a, a point in your life where it's going to be different, it's going to be new because of what God is doing in your life.